0: Um, so as you guys know, Pastor Benjamin and Sonny, they are on their sabbatical and, uh, this actually marks week nine since they've been gone. Does it feel like it's been a long time? (laughs) Um, yeah, it's been nine weeks, which means it's the, we're entering into the third and final month before they come back. And it's been really cool. Actually. Um, I got to, some of us, we got to see Pastor Benjamin, um, he actually preached at the um, the conference that we're in, uh, the PCJC, at their family camp. So they had their family camp in Santa Cruz this year. Um, and it's crazy because I hadn't... I, I mean, I saw him once briefly, but uh, just to see him and to see him preach in his element, you know, it was just like something so refreshing. It's like when you hear like the voice of your father kind of thing, right? you're like, oh, man, I missed that, right? And I'm sure you guys are like, oh, Daniel, you've been amazing. Uh, but I know you guys also miss... Uh, Pastor Benjamin as well, right? Um, And so, (laughs) I'm just kidding. Um, But no, we're really excited. Um, One thing I can say uh, is that they're just thriving. Um, Something that he shared was it took him a whole month to actually let go. He said there was this like anxious feeling in the back of his mind. He just like felt it every day. And he said every day he'd have to pray because he just felt the anxiety. Right? He's not he's not doing ministry, he's not doing anything, but he still felt anxiety and just to like let that go and let God deal with that. It was like a whole month, a month and a half of him just carrying that. Right? And then finally it was like a month and a half and he just felt the release and he's like, Man, God, like, I'm ready now. I'm ready to go back. I got a month and a half left though. Um, but the the thing that God spoke to him was, Now you can begin your spirit. Now you can really rest. And so he said that uh these last couple weeks and even going into this next month, he's so happy and so excited because uh, we've given him the opportunity to really rest. You know, for 15 years, Pastor Benjamin said, they haven't had the opportunity to really rest um, and to spend the time really seeking the Lord. And so um, he just wants to share and uh, just his thankfulness and just his excitement. He's coming back with so much vision, so much excitement for what he has for this house. And so, you know, let's be ready. I know we have one more month and we have amazing speakers who are going to come and share with us this next month, but um, also anticipate and be excited about what is, what God is getting ready to do as the pastor's return. turn. Amen. Amen. Okay. Now I'm going to, is it okay if I'm a little vulnerable and I get to share how this process has been for me? It's been really good. I'm just going to start with that. It's been really good. Um, you know, before the pastors left, they were like, all right, Daniel, you're in charge. You're like the last man, right? Like everything, you're responsible for everything. And that I was very excited. I'm still very excited. Right? Um, and I was like, you know, and for me, it's because I'm like a very controlled person. Like, I, I, um, like to have a lot of control. Right? I, um, you can say I like to micromanage. Right? Um, if you've worked with me, you may have felt that. Maybe. Right? Um, but when they were like, okay, you're in charge, like the first thing I felt was like, yes, I have the control. Right? That was like the first thing that I felt. I just felt like the power, right? But here's the thing. I realized what Uncle Ben said is very true. With great power comes great responsibility. And I didn't realize, okay, I, I, I think, I feel like I knew, like in my mind, like mentally, that there was a lot that I was responsible for. But I think when that became a reality, right? Then all of the things that I thought was, like, really cool and exciting and fun, it started to become um, more overwhelming than fun, right? And more daunting than fun. And so, um, you know, like, at the beginning, I dealt with that. I'm not going to lie. And I think the way that I deal with things is um, I like to run away. Is there anyone else who deals with their problems in that way? You just want to – so the way that – yeah, the way that I would do that is, like, just pretend – that it's not there. <laughs> you know, it's like the responsibility and the stuff to do is there, but I'm just like, oh, okay, let me just look over here and um, maybe it'll go away. But obviously, it doesn't go away, right? Um, and I just, I, I, I began to just drift. Um, or I noticed myself just like, just passing through the days, right? Like, I'm getting stuff done, um, and there are certain things where I just like know that it needs to get done, but I'm just like, just passing through the days. Right? Like a zombie kind of. I, I don't feel anything. I'm just like I know I have to deal with it, but I don't want to deal with it. Right? And then I remember there was a moment where God, he like spoke to me and he was like, You're wasting the life that I paid for. And I was like, Huh? Really? I'm I mean that I'm wasting my life? Right? And the the season where Pastor Benjamin and Sonny, you know, uh went away for sabbatical, I was like, oh, God really wants to teach me how to steward um, this church and the responsibilities uh, responsibilities that I have. Um, But what he wanted to do was actually to teach me how to steward life. How many of you guys know you can exist, but you may not be living, right? Like you can exist, you're alive, but you may not necessarily be living, right? And what God wanted for me was to learn how to live, right? Even when there are things that cause fear and uh, cause you to be overwhelmed, right? He wants for all of us to know how to live. Um, so God was like, I didn't die for you so that you would just exist. Right? And I'm like, God, I'm, I'm just taking a break. Right? Um, but he's like, no, you have to deal with this. right? In order for you to live, you need to learn how to deal with these things. You need to learn how to choose. Um, you can't even give one minute to, to not experiencing life, to experiencing life less. And so that made me think about something. I was like, man, like the minutes, it's so important right? In one day, do you know how many minutes there are? It's 1,440 minutes, okay? In one year, it's 525,600 minutes, okay? And then if you live to 70, I I believe that all of us are going to live past that, but if you live to 70, it's 36,792,000 minutes, okay? Now, when you think about, like, that enormous sum of numbers or minutes right that number is huge it just seems like so many like if you have to think about man i have to manage every single one of those minutes it just seems so overwhelming but here's the thing this is what i think i think within those moments or within those minutes there's something more significant those are moments right moments are the things that define and change your life right and these moments are the things that Um, that can change us, that can define us. We look back on our life and you can see the milestone moments like, oh, that moment, that was when everything changed, right? And so within these moments, it's learning how to turn these minutes into moments, okay? And so the question today is how much of your time will be filled with moments and not just minutes? Can we talk about that today? Yeah? Okay, cool. Um, I'm going to speak out of Deuteronomy 30, uh, verses 15 through 20. You turn to Deuteronomy thirty fifteen through twenty. And let me read that. It says, "See, I have set before you today life and prosperity, death and destruction. For I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to Him, and to keep His commandments, decrees, and laws. Then you will live and increase, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land you are entering to possess." But if your heart turns away and you are not obedient, and if you are drawn away to bow down to other gods and worship them, I declare to you this day that you will certainly be destroyed. You will not live long in the land you are crossing the Jordan to enter business. This day I call the heavens and the earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life so that you and your children may live and that you may love the Lord your God, listen to his voice, and hold fast to him. For the Lord is your life, and he will give you many years of the land he swore to give to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God, we thank you uh, today that your invitation to us is to choose life. God, the greatest gift that you gave to us is the freedom of choice. God, you gave us the ability to choose because you love us. And you want us to have a relationship that is centered in love, God. And Lord, we pray that today, God, you would reveal to us how to change the minutes in our lives into moments. Lord, how we can spend these moments with you. God, seeing what you have for us and seeing the good things that you have before us, Lord. So Lord, I uh, thank you for today and what you have for us. Lord, would you speak through these words? Lord, Jesus, amen. Amen. Okay, so Deuteronomy thirty fifteen through twenty. Um, the background is that Moses has been leading his people, and they're about to enter into the promised land, right? But he is nearing; he senses death is coming, and so he's preparing to transition his leadership over to Joshua, right? And so these are some of the final things that he has to say um, to the Israelites before he dies. So in verse fifteen, it says, "See, I have set before you today life and prosperity, death and destruction." So I want to talk today about um, choice and how to steward life. And I want to talk about four different things that this passage says about how to do that. And the first thing that we must understand if we want to steward this life is that God gives us the power of choice. Okay, what makes a minute into a moment? Right? I've said this a couple of times now. It's, it's actually the choice that we make. Okay, um, here's a question. So if I ask you guys, what is the most spiritual thing that you do? Like, what would you say? I think a lot of us would maybe say prayer, right? Prayer is like the most spiritual thing that you do. And you know, the interesting thing is people who don't pray, even people that don't pray or aren't religious, they think that prayer is a spiritual act, right? When some tragedy happens, what do people say? Oh, sending my, my thoughts and my prayers, right? And so even people who don't, who aren't believers or who don't pray, like they know that it's a spiritual act, right? Um, maybe it's meditation. That's the most spiritual thing you do. Or maybe fasting. Right, which is different from dieting, fasting, right? Um, or reading your Bible, digging into the Word. And maybe some of you are like, uh, yeah, today, what I did, it was probably the most spiritual thing. I did. Coming to church, right? You had to wake up this morning and come. That was the most spiritual thing you do, right? Uh, whatever you consider is your most spiritual activity, there's always something that has to proceed that. Right? And what is that thing? Before you pray, you have to choose to pray, right? Before you meditate, you must choose to meditate. Before you come to church, you have to get up and you have to choose to come to church, right? Your body didn't just like move over here. Like none of us ended up here on accident, right? You have to choose to come. So choice is actually the most spiritual act that we can ever do, right? And what we have to understand is that the most powerful and the most precious gift that we have been given is actually the power to choose, okay? And the thing we also have to understand is that central to the scriptures, there's a God who created us in his likeness. And because we've been created in his image and his likeness, we actually have been given the power to choose, have a choice. And so what makes a minute a moment is the choice that we make. And the most significant choice we will ever make is to choose to live. Right? God says he set before us life and prosperity, death and destruction. Right, verse 16, it says, For I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to him, and to keep his commands, decrees, and laws. Then you will live and increase, and the Lord will, your God will bless you in the land you are entered to possess. But if your heart turns away and you are not obedient, if you are drawn away to bow down to other gods and worship them, I declare to you this day that you will certainly be destroyed. You will not live long in the land you are crossing the Jordan to enter and possess. Okay, the second thing we have to understand if we want to steward this life, if we want to choose life, is that obedience is the key that unlocks blessing. Honestly, doesn't that kind of sound like, um, well, that's not fair. Like, I have to listen to you, God, in order for you to bless me. That just, I want to be free. Right? I want to live my life. If I want to live, for some reason, there's something inside of you where are like, well, I want to live the way that I want to live right? It's very interesting because I think we have this image of God that he's such a, like, uh, a limiter. Right? When you think about, like, following the Lord, like, the first, well, at least for me, the first thing I think of is, like, rules. Right? I think about, like, when you think of commandments from the Lord, what do you think of? Like, do not. Do not do this. Do not do this. Right? Do not do this. Like, the Ten Commandments is do nots, right? So we have this, God has this reputation of, like, a do not God. Or a don't God. But here's the interesting thing. So if we go all the way back to the beginning, okay? The story of creation. After God creates man, he puts him in the garden. What is the first thing that he says to him? It's actually a command. And the command is actually not a do not. He actually says, if you go to Genesis 2, in verse 15, it says, The Lord took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. And the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden. A better translation is eat freely. Right? It's a do. And honestly, isn't that an amazing commandment? Eat freely. I love that. Yes, eat freely, eat all of it. Right? And this is this is so funny because like they're they're naked and unashamed in the garden. And he says, Eat freely, eat it all. Right? Like I'm not even naked and unashamed and I can't eat freely. Like, it's, I can't, I, I'm not that free, right? But he says, eat freely. God is not actually a don't God. He's actually a do God, right? But we have this wrong idea of who he is, right? Now, some of you guys might point to the following verse. And it says like, and the Lord God commanded the man, you eat from any tree, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat from it, surely you will surely die, right? And that sounds very similar to verses 17, 8. 18 that we read, if you are not obedient, then you shall surely die, basically. You'll be destroyed. So if God really loved Adam and Eve, why would he put a tree that they would surely die if they eat from? Have you guys ever thought of that? I think that all the time. I was like, dude, God, that's jacked up. You told them to eat from any tree, but if you eat from this one tree, then you'll die. That doesn't sound like a very nice thing to do. But here's the thing about choice, Okay. With choice, you need to have two options, okay? If there's no choice, if there's no option, it's not a choice. You don't have a choice. If they're all good, they actually don't have a choice, right? If obedience is the key that unlocks blessing, then we must choose obedience, okay? And, And that means there has to be an option to obey and to disobey. Does that make sense? Right? You have to be able to choose obedience or you have to be able to choose disobedience. And here's the thing, like, even still, that kind of sounds like when I, when I hear that, just like naturally, I just, that feels unfair. I'm like, okay, God, you put it in the middle. And this is like, as I was reading this, this is like what I realized, right? If God was fair, He would put one tree, the tree of life. And He would want, put one tree, the tree of the knowledge and good and evil. And he says, eat from one of these trees, and one of them will kill you, and one of you, one of it will allow you to live, right? That's like 50 50. That's pretty fair. The odds are even, right? If God was fair, that's what he would have done. But what does he do instead? He plants a garden with like, I don't even know how many trees, but it's like so many trees, right? Like, I imagine he's the creator of all things. He's the creator of every tree. He's the creator of every plant, right? Every good fruit, everything. He's the creator of all those things. And he creates a garden. I'm thinking like thousands and thousands of trees. He says, out of all of these trees, I'm going to put one tree. And I'm going to tell you, don't eat from that tree. And I'm going to put it at the very center so you can see. You know where it is, right? The odds of that is like thousands to one. And so here's the thing. Like God wants to bless you. Here's the thing. God wants to bless you. He says you have to obey for me to bless you. But here's what I'll do. I won't make it fair where it's 50-50. I'll make it like 200,000 to one, okay? Adam literally could have eaten from a different tree every day of his life. Okay? And he could have been obedient to the Lord. He didn't have to eat from the same tree. He could have eaten from a different tree every day of his life. right? But this is the Lord. This is his heart. He's like, I want to bless you. I want to bless you so much, but I know that I have to give you the freedom of choice. I have to allow you to choose that. But I'll do it in this way. I'll stack it so much in your favor that it's almost impossible for you to disobey me. Not only that, I'll put the tree in the very center. The one that I told you not to eat from, I'll put it right there so you know where it is. Right? Imagine if he just hit it somewhere. And one day was like, he hits it, and God's like, oh, you messed up, and you're dead, right? No, he puts it at the very center of the garden so that, you can, so that he can see it. God is not fair. He actually wants to bless us more than we want to be blessed. Right? He gives us so much freedom to choose in life. And the thing is, life, it doesn't limit your choices. It actually increases. Your choices, right? When you have a life with God, it increases the choices that you have. Obedience is the key that unlocks the blessing. Amen? Verse 19, This day I call the heavens call the heavens and the earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses, and now choose life. This is like the craziest thing because God, he places before his blessings and curses, right? He says that as we walk through life, he puts both before us, but he asks us to choose. You know, like God is, is the God of the universe. And there are certain things that only he can do for us, right? there, There are things that only he can do for us, but there are things that he cannot do for you. He chooses not to, right? And it's to, like, he doesn't force you to choose life. Right? And, and the way, like the thing is, God already chose life for you. He already chose it. But He doesn't force you to choose it. And the ironic thing is that He chose life for you through His death. Right? And He's already chosen you. Right? It's not like God is waiting for you to choose, and then if you make the right choice, He's going to choose you. He's already chosen you, and He's waiting for you to choose Him, right? He's already chosen for you a future, a hope, a destiny, and blessing. But this is the thing He doesn't choose for us. Because he wants to give us a choice. But not only that, it's because if he made the choice for us, that would make us puppets. Right? The reason why God gives us choice is because of love. This is the thing about love. Like, you can never force someone to love. Right? Like, if you're in a relationship or if you are married or, you know, if you're in that type of relationship, you know, like, you cannot force somebody to love you. Right? They have to choose it. That's the thing about love. And what God wants with us is not for us to just do the right thing. If God just wanted us, if he wanted to create things to, for them to do the right thing, he would just make robots. You just program it. Do the right thing. But what he wants is to share love. He wants a relationship. In order to have love, what must come before that is the freedom to choose. Right? He doesn't want to steal from you the power to choose. He looks inside of me and he sees the God inside of you, right? The God-likeness inside of you. That power to choose. And he respects that too much. He doesn't want to steal that choice from you. It's so interesting. Like, one thing I love about this house, I love our pastors. Pastor Benjamin and Sonny, you know, they're like, if you've seen them and if you've been around them long, like, even for a short period of time, you know how amazing they are, right? And um, it's funny because I feel like they're filled with so much wisdom and so much knowledge. They you would just have all the right answers for every situation, you know? I've seen them navigate through so many like tough situations and they're they're just filled with so much wisdom. You know, and like, in seasons of my life where I have very challenging um, situations, like, I'll always go to them and I'll share with them what's going on and I I really want them to just tell me what to do. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Like, do you guys have friends where you go to them and you're like, man, you're just so smart. Can you just tell me what to do? I just want i just want you to tell me. But the thing is, like, PVPs will never tell me what to do, right? Yeah, some, of you guys, some of you guys are laughing because you guys know what I'm talking about. It's, like, kind of annoying sometimes. I'm just, like, I feel like you know. I feel like you know. Why are you putting me through this? Like, and not just telling me, right? Like, I feel like you know. But this is the thing, like, they want. The only thing they ever tell me is, seek the Lord. Go and pray. Go to the prayer closet and pray, and ask the Lord what He wants you to do. And I'm like, but I feel like you know. Just tell me, you know. But that's the thing. And they care too much for me, right? The, and and the, I remember there was a season where I used to be an intern. I interned for three years, and for those three years, I raised support. When I wasn't paid by the church or anything like that. And after, at the end of those three years, I just remember feeling like, man, I really want to like start a family. It was really hard to do that when you don't have money. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you live in the Bay Area, you know what I'm saying. Like, it's really hard to raise a family when you don't have money, right? And I'm like, you know, PBS, I feel like I want to start a family, but I also want to serve in the church. I feel like this is what God's called me to do. I know the church isn't really in a place to, like, pay me, and I totally understand. I'm not asking you to pay me or anything like that. Like, I'm just, like, stuck in this place. Like, what do you think I should do? I'm like, I don't know. What does the Lord say that you <laughs> he wants you to do? You know, and I just, it was just like, I remember, just be so annoyed. But looking back on that situation, I rem- I, I'm, I'm so thankful. Because if I never got the conviction from the Lord to do what I felt like he was calling me to do, then I would always blame them, right, for making the decision for me. Like, it would be the reason I made that decision. And I could never own that. Right? It actually, if they had chosen for me, it makes me weak. Right? Own your power. Own your power to choose. Choose life. It says these are the things that are set before you. Blessings and curses. Choose life. Right? Now choose life so that you and your children may live. The third thing we must understand about suiting this life is not it's, it's not just about us. Right? Our choices, it affects the generations that follow after us. Our choices affect the generations that follow after us. You know, I talk a lot about choice and like how You know what you choose uh, determines where you go, but there are actually things that we can't choose. Right, there are things that we didn't choose that are part of who we are. Like I didn't choose to be born in San Jose. My parents didn't ask me for my consent. Right, I didn't get. I didn't choose to be born a Korean, or that I was born a Korean in the U.S. Right, I didn't choose that. Right, we didn't. We don't choose. Uh, we don't get to choose if we're born like male or female. We don't get to choose if we'd be born tall or short, right? Like, that upsets me. Like, I wish I was a little bit taller, right? And, and, and some of you guys might understand what I'm talking about. Like, I look at Briante, like, Briante is like 6'4", and I'm like, it's not fair. Why? Right? I, I wish, you know, but I didn't get to choose that. You know, there's so many things that we don't get to choose about ourselves. But sometimes we use that as a way, as an excuse to not act like we don't get to choose actually how we live, whether to live or not, right? We use all these things that we have no control over and we're like, well, that's why. That's why I can't live my life. But you actually have a choice, right? You didn't get to choose to exist, but you're here. But you have the power to choose how to live now that you're here, right? I mean, I think about it for me, like, uh, very easy. My parents, I'm I'm from an immigrant home, right? Maybe a lot of you know what I'm talking about. Like, my parents gave up a life that they had in Korea to come, right? And they didn't do it just for new opportunities. They did it in hopes that their children would have a better life than them. And, like, I will never really understand that because, you know, they, they were born there. They grew up there. They knew the culture there, right? They went through school there, right? They had friends and community there. They had family there but they chose to start a new life here, right? The choices that my parents made, I stand on those choices today, right? I'm standing here, right, speaking to you because of the choice that they made. The thing we have to realize is the choice that you make today, whether you want to believe it or not, it's actually going to make a difference. It's going to affect the lives of the people that come after you. And here's the thing. Sometimes, or a lot of times, Actually, the thing that we pass can be like the worst things, right? Um, I look at society and I I see this happen a lot. It's alcoholics, right? They have kids and they raise alcoholics, right? Abusers end up raising abusers. Victims end up raising victims. And, you know, the reality is sometimes we pass on things to our children. I mean, I don't have kids, but as a kid, I know. Like, I had parents. We pass on things to our kids that we would never want to pass to anybody else. Is that true? And some of the things that have been passed on to us are things that our parents never would have wanted to pass on to us, right? So again, the choices that you make in your life today, like it feels like so small, right? The way that you choose to live, right, it affects the way that people live that come after you, right? What if you were aware that what you did today? What if you're aware? that what you did in the service, what if you're aware that what you did tonight, right? What if you're aware that that thing, it would change the life of your children forever? You know, last time I preached, I shared about the story about my mom. I shared about my mom and how when she was pregnant, she had cysts and the ovaries. The doctors told her that you need to have an abortion, right? You need to abort this pregnancy because your life is actually in danger. And if this advances too far, um, we don't know like what can happen. Um, there's a high chance of death. Well, my mom decided not to choose abortion, but she decided to go to church and pray and seek the Lord and ask God to heal her, right? And I don't know, like, did she know that her decision in that time of her life would affect my life, would affect me, like, that I would be here to be able to testify? that God is good and that he loves me and that he has for me? She probably didn't know that, right? She didn't think. She just was like, this is not okay. But she made that decision. She chose, she decided to choose life. Right? Now choose life so that you and your children may live. Regardless of what was passed on to us, we can choose to pass on the best of us. Right? How we choose will impact lives of those Verse 20, and that you may love the Lord your God. Listen to his voice, and hold fast to him. For the Lord is your life, and he will give you many years in the land he swore to give you, To your fathers Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. This is the fourth thing. The fourth thing we have to understand in order to steward this life is actually that the Lord is your. You know the sad reality sometimes uh, that I realize, like in my heart, is that God is actually not my life. Like I actually want the things that He gives me. But sometimes I don't actually want Him. You know, in fact, some of us I feel like if we can choose, if we can choose life, but not choose God, we may choose that. Right? We're really happy and excited about the things that He. Gives to us, right? The things that he brings, right? And and it's not a bad thing, but I think when that becomes the thing that gives you life, instead of the Lord being your life, right? It's different. Like I imagine with Aaron, like my fiance here, your fiance, right? If if all I liked about her was that the things that she did for me, or like the things that I felt just like around her, but never actually her that would really suck, right? Yeah. And if she felt that about me, like if all she enjoyed about me was just the things that I could do for her, and the only time she would talk to me is asking me to do things. I'd be pretty sad. This is the thing, like we actually want the benefits of being in a relationship with God. We want the benefits of actually being saved But sometimes we don't want that. We don't actually want the relationship. You know, that's actually common in these days. They actually have a term for that. I think it's called friends with benefits. Right? I mean, friends with benefits, what is that? It's basically you want the intimacy but not the commitment. Right? You want all of the benefits that come, but you don't actually want to commit. And I see that. I see that happening in the church. We, we want to have the benefits. We have no problem pray, praying for blessing. Who wants to be blessed? Come up to the front and just, the Lord is pouring out his blessings. Boom, everyone's going to come, right? Everyone's going to come up here like, I want blessing. I want, who doesn't want blessing? Who wants to commit their life, make Jesus their Lord, to follow after him all the days of your life, to die to yourself, Crickets. Well, not not this place. I'm not not talking about here. I'm not talking about here. I'm talking about other churches, right, or other places. I don't know. I don't know. But do you know what I'm saying? There's something about the idea of giving my life to God that feels restricting. I, I feel. I said it again. Like it's because we feel like He gives it to us, and I have to do something to to get life. But the reality is that God is life. He doesn't say, Jesus doesn't say, I will show you the way. I know the truth and I have the life, right? Jesus says, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. So choose life, right? He is the life. He is the life, right? The thing that, the thing that you like we don't understand is that life with him, when I have life with him, when I walk with him, when I have life with him, there, there's nothing better. Like there are times when I'm just like, fellowshipping and worship. And I'm just like, God, I don't need anything else. This is all I want in life. I don't need to eat again, right? I don't need to like go anywhere. This is all I need right here, right? This is life. This is, there's something inside of me where when I'm with you and I'm inside, like I'm communing with you, it just satisfies the desires of my heart, right? That's what everyone is longing for, right? That's what everyone wants, is to feel the full satisfaction of feeling complete. Feeling fulfilled, right? That's what you want. That's what we find in Jesus. And this is the thing: like He's already, He's already done it, right? Like I said, like God, His desire, His heart is to bless you, is to give it to you. It's like, what if I told you, like, go buy a lottery ticket? Like, how many of you would actually go and buy a lottery ticket? Like, nobody. Oh, I don't know, maybe some of you, right? But you're like, the odds are too crazy. what if I told you, like, you're guaranteed to win 100%, right? Every single person in this room is going to buy a lottery ticket, right? That's what it is. God is saying, buy the lottery ticket. You will win. Choose life. Choose life, right? You will find it. Choose life. You know, I'm fortunate to have people in my life who stood by my side, you know, in, in the challenging seasons. You guys have people like that in your life? Where they're like, I'm not going to leave you. Even if you're depressed, you're just so annoying to be around, right? Because you're so negative. Like, I'm not going to leave you in this place. Like, my poor fiance. She's like, I don't have a choice anymore. I guess not yet, right? No, I'm just kidding. No, she loves me so well. Um, She's actually so patient with me, and I'm just so thankful for her. But, you know, there are people in your life that are willing to stick by you, right? They'll never leave you. Because they're like, you're better than that. And I actually see who you are. Even though if you can't see, I see who you are. And this is the good news, is that there is a God who wants to step into time and space, right, to place eternity inside of your heart. He wants to be in every moment in every minute of your life, right? He chose you. He chooses you. Even when you don't choose yourself, he chooses you. Even when you don't choose hope, right? Even when you choose despair, he chooses hope for you. He chooses the future when you choose the past, right? He wants to choose the best for you, even when you choose the worst. Because God wants to be with you. He wants to be with you in every moment, in every minute of your life. Why don't we pray? greatest gift that God gave to us is the power of choice because he loves us. He wants us to experience the freedom and the love, all of who he is, He doesn't force us. And this morning, I just want to extend that invitation. If you haven't made that choice, if you haven't made that choice, and you're like, man, I want to experience the fullness of the life that you're talking about. And I just don't know what that is. I don't know what that's like. I want you to know that the Lord is here today. And he's chosen you. He's chosen you. He chooses you. He wants to have that life with you. He's waiting, to choose. He's waiting for you to choose that life with. If that's you, if you're like, man, I haven't made that decision, but I want to. In your heart, I just want you to say this. God, I choose you. God, I choose you. God, I realize that I can't find the life that I'm looking for. I can't find the life that I want. But today, God, I choose you. Because I believe that that life of you, you have it. It's in you. And maybe there's some of you who know God. You know who He is. And maybe you're like, man, maybe I've just been seeking what you can offer instead of choosing you. But today, I want to choose you, God. I want to make that decision again to say, God, I choose you. I choose life today. I want, I want you to say in your heart, God, I choose you. I choose you. Maybe some of you feel like, man, it's too late. Like, it's too late for me. But I want you to know that this choosing thing is not a one-time choosing thing. But every moment of every day, need to choose it. It's not too late. He's still waiting. And He still chooses you. And if that's you, I want you to say in your heart, God, I choose you today. Jesus, I choose you. And if that's you, I just want to pray for you this morning. God, I just thank you that God, you love us so much. You love us so much, God, that you chose us. God, even before we were aware of you, before we even knew you, God, you chose us. And God, you had a plan for us to bless us. God, to bless us and to give us the fullness of life. And God, you simply wait and you say, I'm waiting for you to choose me. Lord, this morning, I just pray for every heart. God, who's made that decision, Lord, that you would be with them. God, you would show them the life, the fullness of the life, God. Lord, I pray for every heart that said, God, I choose you, Lord. I pray that you would come to them. I pray that you would release freedom, God, more freedom than they've ever felt before. I pray that you release more peace than they've ever felt before. And I pray that you release more joy than they've ever felt before, God. God, we saw in that video today, God, you coming to set the captives for you, coming here to set your children free, God. And I believe you want to do the same thing here this morning, God. God, you want to come to give life. So, Lord, I just release that life in this place. I just pray over this house. Lord, I pray, God, that we would recognize the gift of our choice. God, to change the moment, the minutes into moments, God. God, that we would understand, Lord, the power of our choice. God, we would understand that you are blessing us. God, you are calling us to obedience because you want to bless us. God, that what we choose today, God, it affects the people of tomorrow. Lord, God, that you are our life. Lord, I pray that you would Nail those things into our heart. God, even as we walk out of this place, God, we would feel empowered to know, God, that blessings stand before us. God, that we would choose life. God, that we would choose life. Yes, God, we thank you. And we love you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen.